Thank you for tuning in to another episode of All Things Red. Um, today on the show, we have Hannah Dwyer, also known uh, as Hannah Jane, depending on which Instagram you follow. <laughs> uh, Hannah and I met uh, while we were working at Soho. Um, she was the manager, and yeah, that's pretty much how we met, and we stayed in touch and over the years. And uh, Hannah, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. So I just introduce myself now? Yeah. Okay. So my name's Hannah Dwyer. Um, my art Instagram is by Hannah Jane, um, where I basically kind of showcase all of the work that I do for people or just myself. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, when we we met and you were the manager at Soho, uh, were you was that like your first time uh, as like a as a manager at a bar or like have you been doing that for a while? Um, so I started bartending when I was about eighteen years old, just honestly serving beer at the Outer Harbor um, for concerts and stuff. And then I kind of fell into managing at Soho because I met Dana Barth who got me a job there. So that was like my first time ever really managing a bar. And I guess, honestly, like working in like a legitimate bar atmosphere is like best. I don't know. Like, I don't know what would define a legitimate bar, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I well, yeah, I don't know either because the <laughs> only I honestly don't know because the only place that like I've ever worked um the only place that I've ever worked that I would consider like legitimate was when I was living in Boston. I worked at the Grand, which yeah. I think in I think the year after I left in 2019, it got ranked like the number one nightclub um in the entire country, but the guys that were running that place were uh people that run like all the big uh, nightclubs and restaurants in Boston and a couple of the managers there were from Vegas so it was like kind of like a Vegas style Miami type place and it was like super high end and there was celebrities there all the time so like that I went from that to Soho so like but I don't so like I don't know what I guess a legitimate bar I guess for Buffalo it would be like you would deem that a successful bar I mean prior like the prior owners like it has been open for like 20 plus years at this point and I think a lot of bars in Buffalo do have like a shelf life if they're lucky of 10 years so I would consider it successful like on a bigger scale I wouldn't compare it to like a bigger city just because it is do you know what I mean it's Buffalo like I don't even think we have any like legitimate nightclubs here like all of them are just bars that like have DJs like maybe for three hours on the weekend. Yeah, no. I mean, my <laughs> grandpa used to, <laughs> my grandpa used to work in the restaurant industry. Yeah. He used to, like he used to have his own catering company when I was younger, and he was saying that it's like ninety eight percent of like all restaurants aren't even profitable. So I mean, like his Jay Ben Jay Ben Jay's been involved like all twenty years, right? Um. Yeah. So Jay, actually, I'm pr- almost positive. I don't want to speak for him, but. I'm almost positive he was managing a couple bars around Chippewa. And then um, he got managing at Soho. And then the two owners sold it to him. So he took over. He doesn't. So he owns Soho. The building is owned by, I think, a realty company or some contractor still. But so he took over. I want to say he's owned it for like eight or ten years. And then he managed okay, yeah. the other 10. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I consider I would consider Soho a uh, successful successful bar. Yeah, I mean, as far I, I don't mean, know, I I think it's like owning, getting, like working your way to own a bar in the restaurant industry. Like it really like I feel like is a grind, and even once you get there and you own it, like you're never leaving. And like even I feel like your spouse and your children, like it's a full time job for them too. It's just never you're just always going to be working, which some people like, so. Yeah, no, absolutely. Cause, um, the, the grand was right in the seaport district in downtown Boston. Yeah. And that's where like a lot of like the newer bars and like breweries were and stuff. And like, sometimes when we would go there days, we weren't working. Um, we would see the owners still there on like a Sunday at like nine yeah. o'clock. And we're just like, dude, like, do you ever fucking go home? Like, I honestly <laughs> feel like if like the owner isn't there at some point, throughout the day unless they're on vacation or dealing with like outside circumstances like I like a lot of my like my parents friends and then like even like my first job was at like Elma Tacos and Subs when I was like 16 and like even the owners there like that's like a pretty successful like fast food like restaurant in Buffalo and like the owners whether it was like the wife the kids now who run it or, like, the dad, like, they were, one of them was there every day for, like, at least an hour, if not yeah. more, so. Yeah, I have uh, two two of my friends, they own, their family owns, uh, like, little restaurants, and it's, like, like, they say it's, like, that immigrant mentality of just, like, work, 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 work. Yeah. It's like you work, sleep, work, sleep, nonstop, but um, it's funny because uh, anytime I've had buddies, coming to town um it's always been for like patty's day and every time we're on the patio it's so upstairs they're just like what the fuck <laughs> like what the fuck is this place this place is nuts and i'm just like well yeah imagine working there oh my god for sure i guess that like kind of goes into like our first topic that we were talking about is like being a manager like me managing at soho and like kind of like what i've like learned and i think like the one mm-hmm. thing that i've learned from like managing is at a restaurant is like they say like I don't I don't know if it, it it's like this everywhere because like I feel like with more corporate restaurants or like chain restaurants they have like a little bit more like guidelines and stuff they need to follow just for like state laws and labor laws but I know like at Soho and I'm sure you knew at Soho too like when they told you, oh, you're just going to work 20 hours a week, like, it was like, okay, you're going to work 40 hours a week. So. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's so true. I mean, I didn't mind it because, like, I'm not going to lie, like, the work itself, like, bar backing, I fucking hated it. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, the people that work there, that I had no problem, like, anytime Ben would text me and ask me if I wanted to pick up a shift and shit like that, because, like, the, I, I don't know how you felt, but, like, I thought the people that, like, we worked with were, you know, it was, it was a good crew, even if you, like, weren't the best of friends with everyone, like, it was still, like, a good crew to, like, work with. I think, like, a lot of the time, because, so when I was offered the management position, I was, like, 21, so I thought, like, basically like I went in and like I got offered and I think to start off with like I do have a pretty controlling like personality so like when I do start off somewhere like that like it's not like I mean to but like subconsciously I kind of like take a lead and then so I think when I got offered I was like okay whatever like this I was just coming from 
the DMV, uh, another bartending job. Like I thought I had the opportunity, like the money to me seemed like a lot more than it was. So I was like, sure, like I would love to do this. But I think it was hard because I was like 21 and most of the girls were older than me until like, like when you started working there, I think like everyone was either like a little bit younger than me or like pretty much the same age. So I think like, it was just very competitive, like for no reason. Cause it's like a bar in Buffalo. Like now that I look back at it, like there was no reason for like all of this animosity and like tension against everyone. Like it was just like, like it's a bar. Do you know what I mean? Like I could yeah, go somewhere 100%. else and like, now it's like, I don't even want to work like the 50 hours a week for like the minimal money that I would make in the hours. And like, I basically gave up every other aspect of like my life and my hobbies just to like work for like what now seems like a minuscule amount of money. But I think like it definitely has taught me to like, I'm definitely a lot more patient now, which is nice because patience was not one of my strong suits ever. So (laughs) I'm definitely like a lot, like I, not like I am more like not, I don't want to say I tolerate, but like, I'm definitely like a lot more understanding, which I think is like a great thing that like working in the restaurant industry, like not everybody's going to like wake up and have a great day, especially like after working a 10 hour shift or a 14 hour shift, like I think you definitely, like, before you come into work, and I honestly think that, like, Ben, for the most part, really did, like, a great job of this, is, like, no matter what kind of day he was having, like, he would try to come in and, like, just be positive, because your mood, like, especially in the restaurant industry, I think, like, when you walk in somewhere, and you have, like, 10 to 15 people you're working with, like, your mood, it just creates this like ripple effect of like either positivity or negativity. So I think like Ben probably did like a great job at like demonstrating like coming in and just being like a positive person every time you would come into work or if you would at least try to be. No, I I completely agree. I know like a couple of times like we were setting up for like events or like even like Patty's Day and then like um uh, like Santa Con and shit like that. I would always like fuck with them and ask them. I'm like, bro, why? I know you don't like this. I'm like, I know you don't yeah. like this. Like, why? Why are you so robotic with it? And he just like would smile and just be like, John, be quiet. He just really <laughs> but, was like, oh, um, he's very positive, which is like refreshing in that kind of um, work atmosphere, I guess. Yeah, and to your point about like the amount of hours you're doing, like that was for me. It was just like with just moving back from Boston and then like, you know, trying to do real estate again here. Cause I still had my license. Um, I needed some money right away. Cause I went broke living in Boston. Yeah. That's why I moved back. And that, like, I remember like once I moved out to Denver with six and we were talking about it, I was like, dude, once I like started to make uh, good money from, you know, homes I sold and shit like that. Once like I had like a nest egg of like, you know, money that was guaranteed coming in. I just had to wait for like the houses to close that's when I was like, all right, love you guys, but I'm putting in my two weeks because I can't be fucking doing no, this shit every week. No, for weekend. sure. And I, like, honestly think, too, like, even with me, I just think, like, I was getting so burnt out. And I was just, like, I feel like it was hard because, like, I was in the middle. So, like, it was, like, Ben and Jay. And then there was, like, the girls. And then towards mm-hmm. the end, or, like, the girls, the barbacks, and, like, I think just towards the end, like, I was, like, tired of, like, almost being, like, a scapegoat for 
Jay, essentially, like, not even Ben. I think, like, it did kind of, like, make me and Ben's work relationship, like, very, like, it created a lot of tension. But, like, I just was, like, I felt like I was being taken advantage of. And I felt like things were, like, constantly being made out to be my fault. And then I kind of learned, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, there's no hard feelings because it is a business. Like, if somebody's going to give you your, their undivided time and, like, you think that you can take advantage of that and prey on that. Like, I'm sure Jay's not the only business owner, let alone in Buffalo to do that because like, that's how you make your, that's how you make money. Yeah. So, but I think like towards the end I was, and I also like, I think that there's a right way to run a business. Like, I don't think that like every business owner is like that where they're like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, swindle this like work agreement agreement with a 21 year old to make it think like they're making all this money like it I don't think Mm -hmm. everyone's like that but I do think that there are people there's opportunists out there that are like that so I think that's like a big learning lesson for me is like not to like I think when you're like between the ages of like I don't know like over the span of 10 years from like when you're 20 to 30 you're gonna get a lot of job opportunities that you think are going to be amazing and you don't want to pass up because you think that you're going to regret it. But at the end of the day, like if you have like a gut feeling or some type of intuition that you just don't think it's a good fit for you, just don't take it. I completely agree because I've had, I can't even count the amount of like jobs that like I have gotten and then after probably like a month of being there, I just flat out quit because it's these, like I tell my mom all the time, I'm like, it, it kind of pisses me off, like how they do the whole, um, you know, the interview process with a lot of companies. Yeah. And this isn't like for bars. This is just for like jobs in and of itself. It's just like they like in a way I kind of feel as though like they try to get you in. And then once you're in, you're just another you're just another number. And it's like like for me, like I was only working those jobs you know, because working real estate, it's a hundred percent commission. So it's like, I like, yeah, I get paid today. I don't know when I'm getting paid again. And then like, even, I mean, Zan, I mean, probably Zan has probably had conversations with you about yeah. this, but like you could get, you could get all the way up until the day of closing. And then you could find out there's a tax lien on the property. And then the deal go like all that, all the, you know, two, three months of work and where you thought you were getting 10 to $12,000 in commission boom, out the window. And it's like, fuck, now I, where am I getting money from? So like I was working full-time jobs to, you know, offset that. But then it was like the full-time jobs I was doing. It was like, yo, everything that you said to me to get me in the door is not how it is. Like, this is fucking stupid. I'm out. No, I completely agree. Uh, Cause like, that's how I felt at Soho. And then also too, like, I feel like it's like, especially with like becoming a realtor because like Xana, and you, because, like, I feel like you kind of started, like, when me and you first started becoming friends, like, that was when you were, like, first starting at, like, becoming a realtor or looking at, like, yeah. So, I think, like, it's kind of the same thing with me with, like, my art. Like, at some point, you know that you're going to have to take that step where you focus your full-time, like, career, all of your time into becoming that realtor or that artist or whatever like your career path is like I think juggling multiple jobs just to keep that income like 
it's inevitable. Like at some point you're going to have to be broke and you're going to have to cut back. So just as a matter of time of like when you're willing and ready to like commit to that setback. Absolutely. Like in going, going into that, I, um, you know, before we get into like your art and like that conversation, that conversation you and I had about your art, um, what is your thought on on this, what I'm about to say? Because it was like what you're saying about going broke. So like, I genuinely feel, and I'm not speaking for everyone. This is just how I feel and like from experiences I had. I feel as though, and I bring this up on every podcast I have with whoever I'm talking to, that the, the world we live in now is so different than what our parents grew up in. So, you know, getting going to college, getting a degree, was like the thing to do if you wanted to make money because like you know my buddy mark said it's like oh if you don't get a degree you're probably going to be working at target or mcdonald's like that's what you consistently always heard so in a way we've been conditioned our whole lives to you know it's like oh don't don't focus on the money do something that makes you happy but then on the other side of the spectrum you get people being like don't do shit that makes you happy because what makes you happy isn't going to is isn't going to be what gets you paid and it's kind of in a way like we're conditioned without even knowing it to be controlled by money yes and and to be controlled by money and i think that from like the mental aspect of it i've been fortunate to you know from being able to you know play d1 lacrosse and then play d2 lacrosse and then like having buddies that you know are playing pro lacrosse right now and and stuff like that. And just talking to them, it's like almost like that athlete's mentality of like, yo, you, it doesn't matter like how good you are when you get to campus, there are kids that are sitting the bench that were four time all Americans in high school. So it's just like, guess what? Like you're going to have to pay your dues. You're going to have to suffer not playing for the first time ever. You're going to be having to get up at 5am to do these lifts, to do these conditioning drills, everything. And you're not getting any reward from it. But then years down the road it all compounds and then it's just like you feel like oh fuck like you just blew up overnight but it was really like the long process and you know not to get long-winded but I feel as though like with jobs and like careers and like what people really want to do I think that a lot of people aren't put on to like that mindset of like it's a marathon not a sprint and so they allow themselves and allow the fear to take over to be controlled by money versus just being like hold up I need to I need to map out a long-term plan I need to commit to the plan and regardless if shit goes wrong the first six, seven months, I'm sticking to it because I know eventually it's going to pop. Like, what do you think about that? I, I didn't. So basically like my thing is, is like, I think like our generation, we're definitely like millennials and um, even like my younger sister's generation. Like, I think that we (laughs) like need instant gratification. So like, yes. And, like, we also have a sense of entitlement. So, like, I do think, like, when we start off, like, there's people offended that are, like, my age. They're making $60,000 a year. Obviously, like, right now, making – raising a family off of $60,000 a year, I don't – it's not a comfortable living, and I completely understand that. But, like, to start off, like, there's people as my my dad's age who have been making $60,000 a year, like – their whole entire career so like I do think like we our generation like we do need to realize like you do have to start somewhere but I don't think you have to start Mm -hmm. in a career like there's no sacrificing and like even like bartending like I have this like with this conversation like with some of my regulars like quite consistently is like 
I don't think starting somewhere means that you have to start somewhere where you don't want to fucking work. Like I worked, I worked at the DMV for three years. Like when I turned 18, my, are you fucking crazy? My dad got me a job. (laughs) The DMV. DMV. And like, (laughs) I think they were, my parents were just trying to do it because they didn't want me downtown bartending. I was making $13 and 65 cents an hour. And I literally was making, like, after taxes, I think I was making, like, $12,000 a year, which, like, living at my mom's house, I had a car payment. I was driving, like, a Chevy Cruze. I had a car payment that I think was, like, $250 a month. I couldn't even, like, afford to, like, pay my car insurance, let alone, like, it just, like, because I was paying for school. Like, my mom, like, God bless my parents, because, like, I was fortunate enough to have them help me out, like, financially, too. But, like, it's stressful because like how like I was miserable like I was like still living at my mom's I was going to community college which at the time like I was embarrassed by and I think working at the DMV like I would have customers come in and like they'd be like oh my god you're so lucky like you work here another 40 years and you can retire and I'm like by the time 40 years (laughs) goes by like I'm gonna be 60 years old like I'm gonna be retired by then Like, I'm not working for a pension. And I also think, like, when the recession in 2007, 2008, I think kind of my dad lost his job. His company claimed bankruptcy. And, like, I just remember, like, being younger and, like, looking in the news and stuff and, like, seeing these old people, not old, but, like, people that have been retired for 10 years, like, having to go back to work. Like, their pensions got taken away from them. Their retirement funds got taken away from So, like, in my head, I was, like, there's no guarantee. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can work. You can work at the DMV for 60 years, 40 years. And at the end of it all, there's no guarantee. There's a, like, there's another recession. And all of that gets taken away from you. So, you worked nine to five your whole entire life, put in overtime, for kind of like, I don't want to say mindless, but like a mindless position. And like, you are miserable through it all just to think, oh, when I'm 60, I can start living my life. And then there's no guarantee. So like, why not try to take up a hobby you love and like make it your career or like pursue a career in it? Like, cause at the end of the day, like after all of it, after it's all said and done, there's never going to be a guarantee unless you're making all of your own money and somebody's not paying you do you know like that's I think that's how I feel I guess <laughs> <laughs> when you I'm sorry when you laugh it makes me laugh but um but but no I completely agree because it's just like I and like I'm a little hesitant to be honest with you like to talk to like talk have have this type of conversation that like you know you just brought up with my friends because it, it like like my mom had me when she was 17 and she she raised me on her own and like she had to do everything the hard way and like how you feel is what she actually yeah. experienced and so like she wanted to go to law school but she couldn't because she had me. and I also like and, I don't think um, that that's like obviously that's not like your fault like but I do think like in her mindset and especially like when she was 17 I think like you know when my like back then like I mean my parents are divorced and they essentially got married because like my mom got pregnant with my older sister so like that was the thing to do when they were younger and I think like now 
there's a lot more encouragement for single moms or just single parents in general to pursue their dreams and they had a kid. Cause I'm, I like not to speak for your mother, but I do think there that there was probably a lot of people in her ear thinking like, Oh, you're going to have a kid and go to law school. I mean, your mom like raised like a successful child on her own. Like what was, I'm almost positive she could have done both. I think like at her, like in that time, there was probably like a lot of backlash or like just like a lot of like whispers in her ear saying like, Oh, how are you going to do both? And like, for a 17 year old or like even like like your early 20s like that's very discouraging to hear even if you think you can do it like at the like it starts to get to you yeah and like I would say that like and and it's funny because like a lot of a lot of my friends or like even like like some girls I've talked to like they like I'll have these conversations with them and they'll like almost in a way yeah. get like offended and they're just like why do you think they're like why do you think that way and I'm like what do you mean they're like you're kind of cocky and arrogant I mean yeah. you know me I don't I don't know I don't that, think you but, are either but they'll just be like and they're just like why do you think that you can just do whatever the fuck you want and I'm just like like have you met my mom it's just like well John you got to understand she's just like and she brought up what you said she was just like you got to understand she's like um a lot of people do that and then when they get to their 30s 40s 50s they realize like they didn't actually ever do anything they were just collecting a check and then turning right around and spending it and they weren't actually building building something for themselves and she was just like unfortunately like if you have you have to have a plan and you have to work that plan every day and she was just like you know she's like when grandma was watching you I was working two three four jobs and she goes I would get up at five in the morning make sure I was getting you up for school, take you to school, drive all the way into the city for work. I'd work till about five o'clock. I drive all the way back out here, pick you up, bring you back to the city for football and basketball, whatever sports you played. And she was like, I had you playing sports because I couldn't afford daycare and I could, I didn't have anyone to watch you. So sports was like the daycare at the time. And she was just like, by the time that, you know, I, you know, made sure that you were showered in bed and you did your homework. She's like, it's almost 11 o'clock. And then I got to turn right around and wake back up again at 5 a.m. And, and so like, I kind of get that, um, I don't want to say hustlers mentality, but like that, that mentality of like, okay, if, if you, if there's something you want to do, don't, don't worry about like what your friends are doing or don't worry about anyone else is around you. Just try to find someone that has done what you're trying to do. And then try to follow their plan because she always tells me that like success leaves clues. So like, how do you, like, Um, what do you feel about that? I completely agree. I think obviously your mom is an extremely smart woman. And I, like, I think for, I think for not, I don't want to say millennials because we're technically not millennials. We're like in that like little gap. So I guess like, yeah, our age group and younger, I do think like we're so, Cause I think I obviously like a lot has changed with social media and being able to like, you know, see people halfway across the world and see what they're doing and see everyone's success. I think like we all want that success that like self-made success, but like we're also terrified of like being judged. So it's like trying to commit to that. Like, I think you have to like really have some like hard, realizations and like almost get like knocked down a few times and like get your ego in check to realize like 
listen, like you have to put in the hard work and you have to do this by yourself because at the end of the day, like you're only going to have a, a, not even a handful of people. Like I want to say like two or three people that are going to be truly supportive of like what you do. So. Absolutely. It, which, which, you know, kind of leads into what I wanted to talk about next, which I, it's funny because I remember we had this conversation once, like you asked me, you're like, do you <laughs> yeah. think I'm a bitch? <laughs> and I was just like, no, I'm like, no, I'm just like, I just, I just don't think you're amused by me. And you're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I try to crack jokes and fuck around all the time. And you just like, you're just not having it. And then you like, were explaining like how, you know, how stressful, you know, what you're doing, yeah. you know, being a manager at a bar and then everything else you're trying to juggle is. And then, like you said, like, there's no, like I tell my buddies all the time, like business is different. There's no feelings in business. Like, like I never, I never once thought, you know, you were a bitch or you were too crazy because it's just like, you're the manager. I'm working under you. And if I'm fucking around or I do something stupid, I'm not getting yelled at for it. Yeah. It's coming down on you. So you were just, you were just always trying to make sure like, yo, I don't care if you're talking to customers, you're fucking around in the kitchen, you're doing whatever. But when there's people here, don't fuck around because it's going to make me look bad. Yeah. If I look bad. And I also think like with that, and... I have also learned, like I do, like, I think people kind of meet me while I'm like, you know, bartending or something. And then they realize like, I, like we talk like even now, like, cause I, people ask me like for commissions or like we talk about art or like I get other job opportunities and I'm kind of like, like once we start talking about that, it's kind of like a uh, switch flips. And I think mm-hmm. it's people are kind of, sometimes people are like, kind of like, st- like they get like standoffish about it because like I am like when it comes to like work and money, I think that I am like sometimes a little too serious because like, I want to get this done. Like I want you to be completely transparent with me and I'm going to be completely transparent with you because like that's the only way shit's going to get done is if we're both on the same page and if we're not communicating then we're not on the same page and I think like a lot of the time like my like energy or my delivery is very strong so like I think over the years like I've also worked on that (laughs) to like not be I don't think I'm intimidating but I like have heard that no, you I know, don't either. Some people do think I'm intimidating. So I just like, I have like learned to like work on my delivery and like still be very transparent and very direct, but not in a way where it's like forcing people to like tell me or like kind of like just being like so blunt that it's like, they're like, oh my God. So yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. And, and I no, I don't either because like uh, one of my one of my old lacrosse coaches, uh, Coach Poyan, who he was my coach at Hobart. He played pro lax, um, and now he's the I believe he's the either the associate, the assistant, or the head coach at Marquette. And there'd be times and like he's like off the field, he'll fucking talk to you about whatever. He was a cool dude, but like on the field, I remember. Like, and that was kind of how I got my first glimpse of like what you're explaining, but I'm just translating it into like lacrosse was like, there'd be times in practice where, you know, I would, we'd be running a drill and I would drop a ball and he would go fucking ballistic. Yeah. Like get the fuck off the field. And he'd be like, you know what, actually like go hit the wall, like get the fuck out of practice. And he would say it to multiple people. And it's just like, I used to always think when I first was like encountering with him, like this dude's such a fucking dick, like what the fuck? But like, 
And, you know, when I sat down with him, because like, he's very intense and he's a hell of a coach is like, he, he, he said to me, he goes, listen, we only have a certain amount of time to get practice in. If we don't practice properly and we don't get what we want done, we're going to get our asses fucking kicked in game day. And by you dropping the ball, that contributes to us losing and the other team scoring goals. So yeah, I'm a little bit over the top, but it's because I want to fucking win. So I think that like with what you're saying about like being very direct, bearing up front, I think that a lot of people, and I, you know, I'm guilty of it too. So I'm not going to sound like a hypocrite here, but I think a lot of people have, they don't know how to um, compartmentalize like, okay, I'm, I'm here to do a yeah. job. I'm not here to have fun. And I think the like line, the line gets blurred. And with like people like you that are really serious, it comes off as intimidating or offensive. But I just think that unless you're around people like that, you think it is intimidating. Cause I know like when I was in Boston, my boss, he was no bullshit. And like, yeah. I was like, okay. I also I get think it. too, like, I'm once, like, I get it. Like I, cause like, even like, though I'm like that, like when, like, for example, like Ray at Soho, like the head chef, like he is literally like one of the nicest people like I have ever met. Like seeing him with his wife and kids when they would come in and visit him, like he's like he was very always like very, very nice. Like and he was so appreciative. But like then like once we got busy or like shit needed to get done, like you did not fuck with him. And so like for a while, like, you know, no. And I think, like, even, like, this kind of, like, goes over to Fally. Like, it's, like, you know, people get offended and they're, like, oh, this isn't professional and this isn't that. But, like, we're busy. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't get offended. Like, you can't have your feelings uh-huh. hurt when somebody tells you, you know, stop talking. We need to work. Like, you can't get butt hurt and be, like, yeah, if somebody's, like, you know, being, like, completely offensive, like, saying inappropriate things to you I think it's a whole other situation but again I think all of those lines are just meshed into one but I think like when we're busy or even at Soho like when we were busy like and he would like be yelling in the kitchen like people would get like kind of butthurt and like at one point like when I first started working like I would get kind of butthurt because I would be like yo there's no reason to yell like chill out but then you also understand like the immense pressure that they're under. So like, let's just get the job done. Let's get the food out. Like let's make sure everybody that's in here is having a good time. And then, you know, at the end of the day, it's no hard feelings. Now moving off of that, when we were working at Soho together and you were doing all the um, chalk art on the board, I remember, I remember like, as you were doing it, there was people coming in and like complimenting it and stuff. And like, you would, you would glow, like you you. would light up when people would compliment it, but then you're behind the bar and you're talking to people and you look so fucking miserable. And I remember just sitting there laughing like to myself being like, and I I came up to you like one of the Sundays that, you know, it was just you and me working on one of the dead nights. And I was like, why, like, why do you work here? And you're like, what do you mean? Why do I work here? I need money. I, you know, I got to pay my bills. (laughs) I'm like, no, that's not what I'm fucking asking you. I want to know like why, like I, I, obviously, obviously you need to pay your bills or you wouldn't be working here, but like, why, like, uh, like, why are you not like pursuing art? Because some of the things like, and I'm not even like trying to gas you (laughs) up or hype you, but like, some of the art you do, I was just like, if you would have told me you did that, I would be like, bullshit, um, draw it again, because I don't fucking I believe you. That. Like, it's so I, detailed. You know, if Ryan or Six would tell you that, like, the art would be decent, but my spelling is atrocious. So that's pretty funny. 
Uh, he's so fucking funny. Very I'm actually cool. recording with him it. this week, um, too. Now, <clears throat> what made you... Because um, I was actually shocked. Because I remember being like, hey, like, yo, start an Instagram. Like, start start doing this. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying I'm the reason you did it. Like, I'm absolutely not. But I was only saying... Uh, I was even... And even if you say <laughs> I am, I'm just going to deny it. Because that's just not true. But um, I remember being... When I was in Boston, there were so many people that were our age that were doing shit like that, like doing like building their own little, like, you know, art hustle or thrift shopping, thrift shopping hustle, or they were making like, I don't fucking know, like they were doing something creative that involved designing, planning and art, art in some way, shape or form that were that had such a big following that would make money off of it. And then like, you know, obviously you you see it more and more today because like I was talking to my buddy because that makes music. I was just like, dude, like you need to drop your shit the second you make it because yeah. all it takes is one time for you to like blow up. Like if you made like I'm just going to use this as a hypothetical, but like if, for example, like say Drake was coming to Buffalo and performing and you made some like crazy artwork for him or about Toronto and like he it saw it and then he one. puts it on his Instagram. Uh it, it, it just it takes on a life of its own because now if he says yo i got this dope piece by hannah jane and puts your instagram on his instagram yeah your your inbox is going to be flooded with people being like yo can you can you do artwork da, 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 da. so what what gave you that confidence to just be like you know what i'm fucking miserable i don't want to do this i'm just going to take a chance and and um i'm gonna i'm just gonna make the jump and before you get into it is did you have the thought process of I'm going to jump and my wings are going to catch me because the rapper Russ, uh, he has a book called it's all in your head. And he talks about that, how like you got, you just got to jump and make that leap. And eventually you'll, you'll either grow into the person that can handle it or before you fall flat on your face, your wings will catch you and and take you to where you want to be. I guess like the good place to start is just like getting like where I've like, how I started getting into art and then like how it's like progressed into essentially like the little like side business that I have now from it. I think like, so I've always like been in art classes. I never, I mean, I guess this goes back to like being in school and stuff, but I don't always like, I've never been like, I've never excelled at anything. Like I feel like I've always kind of been like pretty average and academics and school and like even sports, like, I don't think I was ever like, like I was never like, uh, not, I don't want to say prodigy, but I never was like, oh my God, she's so great. And so even in high school is when I really like started to kind of like get like a grow a major interest in art. And my, um, my art teacher I had for four years, I got in like, you know, APR, whatever that's supposed to mean in high school. And my senior year, I think it was just like, so it they was like that? me and four other girls in like, basically just like a more advanced art class. And I basically had to work my ass off. And like, even at the end of the day, like my art teacher was like, you know, you're not that good. Like she was very critical and she kind of had this like ego to her where it was oh. like, she knew who had a career in art and who did this and who did that. And so I think after high school, I, you know, was kind of discouraged. I went to ECC for two and a half years. I was like kind of miserable. I was like working at the DMV and I was 
all of my friends that like I thought were my friends at the time like went away to college like I was the only one that like went to community college and like now when I see people that are like younger than me that are like saying oh yeah I'm in like community college like I was like that was like literally the best thing that could have ever happened to me like I once like I got to my sophomore year of community college like I met Brian Porter who is the art director at ECC I believe and um he kind of like re-inspired me to like do art pursue art and he's a very 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 talented like local artist as well um and he just like loves teaching like he loves seeing people pursue art he like I he's such like I it probably sounds like so creepy that I'm like talking about him like this but like he just like really was like so helpful and like just kind of like took me like under his wing and like was like just showing me everything he could teaching me everything he could and I honestly like didn't want to graduate like if I could get my bachelor's degree at ECC like working under him I would have because like he just really was that amazing and then I went to Buff State and like unfortunately like I just didn't feel the same way and I kind of got discouraged again and like my self-confidence really like wasn't there and um, I was bartending at Soho. I was really just like kind of miserable. And um, so my friend Lou was living with me at the time. And I had just met Rich, my boyfriend. And basically like Lou essentially was working at a um, salon in Buffalo. And he was like, he got me like my first like kind of mural wall piece. And he really, like, I mean, you know Lou, right? Or he's a lash tech. Is he the, he's the, um, he's, it, he, is he the, he's, and I'm not, I'm not saying this in like a, a like a, a yeah, talking way. Yeah. Is he the, um, really, so really skinny like, one? So he basically, okay, okay, like, yes. is okay, very is. adamant, like, does not take no for an answer. Um, and he basically was like, no, you're doing this. And he was like, there's like, he was like, what are you going to do? You're going to stay at Soho like the rest of your life? Like, no, like branch out, like start doing this. And he was like really encouraging. And like, ultimately, like he was kind of the one that like pushed me into doing art again, because he just didn't give me an option. Like he was like, no, like this is what you're doing. Like you don't have a choice. And so after I started doing that, like, I definitely took a step back at Soho and I kind of told them like, I'm not working as much. I have other things I want to pursue and Jay. And then I eventually ended up quitting and Jay called me and he was like, Oh, what? You're going to be a starving artist. And like, I just remember like thinking back to like high school where like my art teacher was like, Oh, you shouldn't pursue this and blah, blah, blah. And I like I just can't even imagine being like a grown adult and like seeing somebody like just like have like some type of fulfillment out of something and then being able to potentially make a career for it and like me just being so spiteful being like oh you know you shouldn't do this or good luck and like just having this like backhanded kind of thing so I think like that really motivated me in a way because like I really just wanted to like fucking rub it in people's faces but that like only gets you so far I think um (laughs) yeah 
I think that that is <laughs> every time I can't help it. Every time you laugh, I fucking laugh. Um, but uh, no, on, like honestly, like I feel the exact same way. And like going back to your teacher, like if I was a female, yeah. I'd be like, listen, bitch, grab the mitts. We're getting in the octagon and kind of <laughs> and kind of like do like I don't know if you remember this, but it was kind of like like um, like Emily, when, like when she was trying to build her like braid business and all that shit. I remember. I don't even remember when it was, but like Jay put in a group chat, like all of us be- basically being like, you know, uh, for some of you promoting pink hair on Instagram is more important than promoting my bar. And like, I remember like Emily, like before we started work, like she like showed me the text and then like six, like came up to me and was just like, when I got like right after I talked to Emily, but he didn't know I was talking to Emily and he was just like, dude, he goes, I, he's like, He's like, I got to show you something because you're not in the group chat. And he showed me the message. And I yeah. was just like, I will literally set this fucking place on fire. Like, I will burn it to the fucking ground. Like, like who like, first yeah. time, Who the fuck are you? Like, like you ain't Tony. So you're not Tony Soprano. Like, kiss my fucking ass. Like, that shit, that shit, that shit irks me. It, it Like, it re- like it makes my skin crawl. Even if I don't, like, even if I don't even know the person. Like, that type of shit makes my skin crawl because it's just like, that like that type of message yeah. is like what my mom has been getting her entire life from people and she was like go fuck yourself like you're I, listen i know how it's gonna pan out i'm gonna be happy you're gonna be a miserable fuck and i think that for a lot of people especially teachers they 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 do that and like for for yeah. you know we're not kids when you're in high school like you know we're teenagers but i, think when you're I still like, think that we look at your you know we look at our superiors like your early 20s is like when you're most like influential because like or when you're most influenced because like that's when you're you know trying to find out like who you are and there's all this pressure to like find a career and like that's really like I feel like really up until like you're 30 like that's really when you're like trying to like find out like who you identify as like what like what career path you want to take like what life you want to like choose for yourself so I think like just adults like grown adults like having that like animosity towards like these young people and like obviously like I don't I mean I like me and Emily like when we worked together we never really like worked well together we just like never really talked to each other like we butted heads a couple times but like I am never one to like knock somebody's like business like I think and I, like, I think that that was completely wrong of Jay. And, like, look at her now. She, like, she has, like, a team under her. Like, she is, like, very successful. So, like, I think that it's, you know, I don't, it, like, unfortunately, like, I don't think that that's, like, kind of, like, a, you know, a realization to, like, a lot of grown adults that say, oh, you're never going to do that. Because, like, he did do the same thing with me where he was, like, oh, you're just going to be a starving artist. And then. I got a couple mural jobs in last winter. Like he was reaching out to me to do work at Soho and I'm like, fuck you. Do you know what I mean? Like now, like now yeah, yep. you want to be like part of like, <laughs> me trying to like make a career for myself or like me trying to like have this like side business. Like you now you want to be part of it. Like hell fucking no. Like goodbye. Like don't like, you're off your rocker if you think that like I'm gonna give you any part in this ever, and I don't care like who you know. I don't care like exactly if you exactly. think you're doing and me I... a favor. I will like when I and like this is like a flaw, and I don't like condone people acting like this. But like this is how I've always been, and I know it's 
never going to be an aspect that's going to change about me. Like when I tell you I am done, like I am done. Your number is blocked. Your email's blocked. Do like, I like, don't talk to me ever again. <laughs> yeah. I'm the exact same way. I'm I'm not even playing. Like I'm the exact same way because like there's friends that I don't have anymore that were once like I looked at as like brothers and I like, I'm just like, yo, like when I say do this one more time or this is the last yeah. straw, like I'm not trying to talk out my ass and be tough. Like when I say like this happens one more time, yeah. I'm done. Like I wish you well in life. That's and exactly I hope all your like, dreams come I mean, true, but you're like, you're Jeff no longer Reed, at my like, table. He always so tells me goodbye. Like, there's like one per like there's a couple people that I wouldn't want to get on their bad side, and like one of them is you. Not just because like and I, like now like I've learned like I'm not and I don't like this isn't like me bragging, but like I'm not mean. I just don't talk to you. Like anything that you and I have ever been through, like completely disregarded all. I have never <laughs> met you in my life, and like. I think that's like very immature of me, but like, that's how I am. And that's how I deal with things. And like, that's it. Like, if you, if you think that you can treat me like the gum on the bottom of your shoe, then like, I'm, do you know what I mean? You have no, I have no purpose in your life any longer. And you have no purpose in my life any longer. And we need to part ways and never speak to each other ever again. Yeah, I I completely agree. Where, so would, who would you, like, where do you get your inspiration for art from? Not like the drive to do art, you know, cause obviously you said you're, your college professor and Lou um, and other friends like Xana and stuff like that. But like, where do you get like the inspiration from? And like um, real quick before you answer, I only ask that because in terms of music, I think that, you know, I love Whether you Kanye like him or not, yeah. I think Kanye West is uh, like a musical. Uh, yeah, it, I, people get so like, people are like, ah, oh, he's crazy. I fuck him. And like, it's like cool, but like the art of what he does. And then like, you see like, like people yeah. like, uh, like, you know, like Travis Scott or like Kid Cudi or even like Drake, like they all have their own little, they have their own sound and they have their like, like I think Travis Scott's music is wavy as fuck, but it's just like, where does that inspiration come from to be like okay so I think th- I hear it and I like, see it in my head I now think I bring in it to any art aspect because everyone's different aspect and like I think this is gonna sound like super cliche like you have like I think that Kanye West is like so talented as like a composer and a producer because of you know who he is as a person and like how where he came from and like how he was brought up and like his day-to-day like suffering of like you know mental health and stuff like that like I really do think that that like you know you're very creative like Philip Seymour Hoffman like even actors like Heath Ledger you know like I like they all really suffered with like substance abuse mental health issues and I think you know you go through all of those emotions like very quickly and like you feel like very like intensely and I think that's like really kind of like what makes some creatives that successful and that creative is them like you know learning how to portray it in their music and their acting and their art and um that's I you know I really like that's why I really like Kanye West as a musician and stuff is because despite like you know having some like his downfall like he really is like a great composer, you know, a great, and he's like, not even like, 
when it comes to music, just like all aspects of life, like Yeezy, like if you like read how he like about Nike and then he basically like told Nike to fuck off with Yeezy. Do you know what I mean? Because they weren't like, and he went and he sold it to Adidas. Like that's like, do you know what I mean? Like how many people would do that? Yeah. And he wrote a, no, that, and he wrote a fucking song that just yeah. said, uh, it was, I forget the name of the song. I think it was Facts, maybe. And the whole lyric was like, Yeezy jumped over Jumpman. And then, like, I saw, like, I think it was a year ago or something like that. They said that besides the yeah. Air Jordans, yeah. the and Yeezys like, are the most profitable shoe ever made. I think that, like, he, and like, you um, know, I don't, obviously, like, I think a lot of people don't agree with him or, like, they see him. And he's also, like, in a um, huge public eye. So it's like everything he does is like under a microscope and it's like even like anything yes. any famous person does is always going to be under a microscope and like it's always but like just the following he's gotten from people respecting him about like his mental illness and stuff like I think you know that's profitable to him. Um, Oh, 100%. I tell I tell my friends all the time cuz I'm just like anytime like when he dropped his um yeah. I'm bipolar and it's fun, the album he made when he was in Wyoming, I remember when he he dropped I was like like patiently waiting. I was just like, "Yo, like when is Ye dropping this?" And when I heard like the album, I remember just being like, "Yo, like I was in the car with my buddies. I'm just like, dude, I don't understand. I'm like, this like, man is a fucking like idiot." And yeah, my buddies were like, like, "He's a fucking you... idiot." And I'm like, "No, no, no, no. I said time out. Time out." Yeah, and I also think, like, kind of to your point about Heath Ledger, like, the like Heath Ledger, I don't know anyone that would argue him not being the best Joker ever, but, like, I think that with people that are mentally, like, I don't want to say crazy because that sounds bad, but I think people that go crazy are the ones that are, like, the true geniuses and, like, they just are operating well, like, on a completely like, different I mean, brainwave I than think, like, everyone and else. And like, then, like, Brittany Murphy, Robin Williams, like... Do you know what I mean? Like all of those and like even like people are very indifferent about this. Yeah. Like Drew Barrymore, like if you ever read about like Drew Barrymore's like 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 how she was brought up in like the public eye, like, you know, she was drinking and like being fed alcohol when she was like 12, 13, went through all of those like substance abuse issues, like mental health. And like I think that she's an amazing actress. Like I think that she's incredible. Brittany Murphy, I think, is incredible too. And like all of them like there's all you know like you just see like where they came from and like where you know they how they like I think like they get like kind of that like creative outlook or like because they've been through all of those emotions at such a young age that like it's easier for them to portray it in their acting and that's maybe why that they've become so successful is because like they know how to actually, they know that feeling because they've been there. They felt it. I completely agree. Do you think now, like another question I wanted to ask you was like, do you find that, and I don't even know if I'm saying this right way or if this isn't even making sense, but do you feel as though like the more creative you are and the more creative you become, you in a way become a threat to society not in like a dangerous way but you become a threat to society in the sense of like 
yeah. you could inspire other people to be extremely creative. And then because that's outside of the, and because that's outside of the social norm, a lot of people are like, that person's fucking nuts. Like what they're doing is not, that is not normal. Don't fucking follow that because it, you know, kind of going on Kanye West, I tell my boys all the time, I'm like, yo, love, hate them. It doesn't yeah. matter. Anything that dude touches, it, it spreads like and fucking like, wildfire. Like, he sells people t-shirts with up. holes in it for 500 yeah. fucking dollars. Like, yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like, and, and you know, I, he does say some fucking no. outlandish crazy shit. So I'm not sitting here defending him wholeheartedly. But like, at the same time, I think because, like, I, I remember listening to him on Joe Rogan and like, and Joe Rogan was saying, Joe Rogan's like, yo, I, I think that like most humans operate with like a 20 volt battery, but he operates with 150 volt battery because he's so creative. And then on top of it with his mental health issues, he just, it's like word vomit every time he opens his mouth. So do you think that like, you know, coming full circle, like, you know, society, you know, not nurturing, cause I genuinely I don't think society nurtures that. creative minds. I, um, do you think that like society as a whole not nurture? So like, I guess like going you, growing up like, like what is your take on that? And like no 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 that's pretty much it. I was I always see, like say this like especially in the U.S. like we are not in education today. Creative like singing the you know instruments painting acting all of that like the arts are so undervalued and it really is just like it's disheartening to see because like they want you to focus like. I remember like being in middle school and even when I was in middle school, like we had art every other day, half of the semester. Do you know what I mean? And so like, that's basically like, whether or not you want to admit it, but like that basically trains everyone like, like, because like basically going back, like us being raised to like, think about money and make a living. Like that basically is just training you from the jump that like, you can't be a creative and make a sustainable living unless you're famous and you know rich or, or you're a rapper or you're uh you know an, a famous famous actor and like all of these like major major movies and then like even then like what are your chances like people are telling you your chances are you know one in two million of being able to do that so I think like I definitely agree with that but I also I mean I guess I kind of got off topic again. Um, But I, like, I do, I think if we kind of were more accepting of, you know, children and people, like, wanting to pursue that, like, creative path in life, it would be, like, a major confidence booster and, you know, Mm -hmm. just promoting, like, being creative is okay. And, like, I think that also goes with, like, mental health. Like, I think mental health awareness now is like, you know, we're working on making it like more of an accepted, like accepting people with mental health disorders and like accepting this. And I think these like major celebrities like Kanye West who come out and like are vocal about it and are, you know, he doesn't hold back anything. So I think like to a lot of people that might be encouraging to pursue and become who they want to become. And despite having a mental health issue, like they still have like their world at the balls. Yeah. And I busted out laughing when I heard him say this. I forget what interview he was on, but he was talking about how like Lady Gaga is um, like spokesperson or like the face of Polaroid cameras. And he was just like, what the fuck does Lady Gaga know about cameras? And like, to his point, he was basically saying that like, you, you know, 
like not trying to get motivational, but he, to his point, he was just like, you can be whatever you want to be. It's just that like society as a whole, like they, well, yeah, they, they chop you I off. Feel like they don't want to see you they kind of like starve you from like, people hate like, to see you, like people really hate to see the come off. Yes. Because it sounds so stupid. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. No, it's a fa- it's it's true because I think and I don't know how you feel about this. I genuinely feel that whoever you're surrounded with, if you are doing something that is new, like yeah. like I know, like when I posted on Instagram that I was going to be making a podcast, like m- my buddy Tyler, he was sending me screenshot after screenshot after screenshot of people that I thought were genuine friends to me being like, who does John think he is? Why do, why does he think people care what he has to say? Or wh- like, who is he trying to be like, just, Oh, you know, when this drops, I can't wait to roast him. But it's just like, like I, and I, that was something that like I struggled with. And I talked to my mom about it. My mom basically said, which is, I want to get your take on it. And she was just like, listen, like the reason that people that are around you shit on you extending yourself and trying to grow and do things that are uncomfortable and going against the grain the reason that she personally feels that people do that is because if if they know you, they relate to you, they don't think that you can do anything they can't do. But if you do something, like, it kind of yeah. makes them challenge it like kind of like cast a, a spotlight on them. It's being like, we're from the same place. Yeah. He did that. Well, I have no excuses now. And, and I'm not doing something. So and, and I, I low key feel bad about myself and yeah. feel insecure. So I'm just going to shit on him so I can bring him no, back. I, down I to mean, I get what you're saying. I, I agree. I think that I don't like, know if I said that right, but. And I know like even like painting, like I am not. Like, I guess like going back to my art and stuff, like when I, I don't introduce myself, like when I meet somebody new and they're like, oh, what do you do for a living? Or like, I, like I tell people I bartend, right? Because like, I think like, I'm still kind of like scared to tell people like oh I'm an artist for a living because like it's not like I'm in like one like I know for a fact I'm not ready to like fully commit to doing art full-time so I think like I let like because I know people like I know there's people that are like oh my god like she still thinks that she's doing art like she's still in I now honestly like I really don't even think about it anymore because I'm like I don't give a shit like I've made enough money in the past year to know that I if I really wanted to do it and I do at some point in my life that I could make a living off of this and I could be successful and I could you know be this could be a career path in the future for me like I am fully like confident in that but I think sometimes like it's still like even like it's the same thing when like telling people you're a bartender they're like oh you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's funny because like when I like I have some I have some like friend I'm not naming names, but I have some friends that like their parents yeah. would be like, "Oh, when are you going to get a real job?" And I'm like, "What do you mean get a real job?" They're like, "Well, real estate's not really a real job." And I was just like, "The fuck you mean it's not a real job?" And they're like, "Well, like and it's kind of like okay oh oh wait time out I got you I got you um so because it's not a nine to five and since I don't have to answer to anyone but myself it's not a job okay you do realize that I could make six figures in a single year or and then it just doing that or if I wanted to I could make 50k 
And uh, say if I say hypothetically, say if I make 100k in a year, right? Say it takes me four to five months to make 50k, and I know you know you could talk about this with Zena as well, but like you know, say it takes me I make 50k in five months because I sold. Okay, if I want to, and then I say another five months, I ha- I make another 50k. So in 10 months, I just made 100k. Yeah. The next Who's two months of the year, you? I decide yeah. I'm gonna go backpack Europe for two months. Like, what what about that is not a real job? Yeah, like I don't. So like as school as a whole and just like society as a whole, I feel as though that like it, that's a fear is just like, fuck, if a lot of people get onto this and a lot of people start doing this, it fucks with the workforce and it fucks with like the education system. So it's like, I kind of feel like they deprive you of not wisdom, but like that thought process to be like, Hey, you could potentially do this because I think a lot of people, like you said, if they had that confidence to like go down that alley a hundred percent, they would kind of going back to like what you were saying about your, your teacher that was just like, Oh, you know, I don't really fuck with your artwork and stuff like that because, um, uh, one of my, one of, um, you know, a friend that I had at Mercyhurst, Colin Brady, his artwork was, is it was insane. It was some of the sweet dopest artwork I've ever seen kind of like yours. And he said that like, he's just like, I stopped doing graphic design and I picked up hospitality. I'm like, why? He's like, I kept getting, he goes, I kept getting C's and D's. And I'm like, fuck that teacher. And he goes, nah, dude, nah. And like, there was really like me, uh, me, Jordan, Elijah and Mr. Man were like the only people that were really like being like, bro, keep fucking drawing. Just keep drawing. Just keep doing it. Like, just, just keep doing it. Don't stop. Whereas like, and I think that he, I don't know, cause you know, I haven't talked to him in a while, but like, I kind of feel as though that like he, he, I feel like he just was like, okay, like they're I just, feel my, like they're my, the exact you know, they're way. just supporting like, think, me because we're all, you know, yeah, we all and I think and like even like now that. too, like I, without actually believing in himself. a lot, I, so like basically I, after ECC, I went to Buff State and I dropped out of Buff State and I, the first semester and I hated it and I was miserable and I, that's like a very big, like confidence thing for me is like, I never, like I have not finished college. So like, I think like also like when I tell people that, like, you know, like when older, like, especially like older people, like when they ask me like, oh, did you graduate college? And I say no. Or like when people, like even people our age, when they ask me if I have a college degree and I'm like, no. And they're like, oh, well, at least you have your associates. And like my, my like biggest, um, that like don't mean my shit. boyfriend Rich, like whenever we talk about like me graduating school, he was like, I went to school for four years and I, you know, partied my ass off. And like, he is like so smart, like business wise with his like business mentality and like his drive and motivation. So like when he does tell me those things, like I do think like he's a big factor in like reinstilling confidence in me about my art career because he was like, who's telling you that you need you know, a four-year college degree. Who's telling you that you need this to be successful? He was like, you don't. He was like, there's plenty of people that like don't have college degrees that are completely successful. And he's like, like he tells me all the time, like you're more than talented enough. Like you're like, he really is like a major confidence boost to me. But like, I still think like, oh, he's just telling you that because he's my boyfriend. Do you know what I mean? So like, I think that, yeah i think that not to cut you off i think that is yeah i think that is insecurity that was built into you from other people that makes you think that way because i like i like 
the t- like I said, like how I've been to you, I'm like, yo, put this shit out. This shit's fucking fire. Like I just from, you know, your body language yeah. and how you've, uh, you know, said to me like, huh, okay, thank you. I appreciate it. I think that was just like a, okay, stop talking about it. Like there's no need to hype it up. It's really not that good, but it's just like, it is that fucking good. So it does need to get hyped up. It's just that you're, and, and I'm not speaking for you, but like you're my, you've been conditioned to think that like, it's okay at best. So it's almost in a way of this, like when someone is just like, yo, this shit is fucking fire. Yeah. You don't and I know also the think between, though too, like, are they being genuine or are they just trying to be nice? You to know, me? I think like the, I got a major opportunity last March to do that um, mural on the side of Doc Sullivan. And okay. Oh, hold on. I want to cut you off. Uh, the, my buddy Cody, I had him on episode two. I was telling him, because he, yeah. he makes merch for his brand and I went to go pick up a shirt because I always support his shit. And I was, he lives uh, right, right around, I think he lives right around there in South Buffalo, or at least his girlfriend does. And I told him, I'm like, yo, <laughs> guess what I'm having on next week? He's like, who? I'm like, Hannah. He's like, Hannah who? I'm like, Hannah Jane. He goes, the fuck it. So who the fuck is that? I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know the, I'm like, you know the bitch. I mean, oh, not, not bitch. Uh, <laughs> you know the, I'm like, you know, the girl that did the Doc Solvents thing. He goes, yeah. I'm like, he, I'm like her. He goes, you fucking know her? I'm like, yeah, I worked there at Soho with her. He goes, bro. I appreciate that. That's tough. He's like, that shit is so sick. He's like, so many people are always yeah. like, he's like, so many people are always taking pictures behind it. And like, like you know how in Nashville yeah. they, have, they have the, I call it yeah. the basic bitch wall where it's like the wings and girls are always like posting on Instagram. It's like, he was saying that he always sees people like taking pictures against that wall. And it's kind of dope because I mean, I'm sure you probably didn't know that, but it's just like, Art is one of those things that like inspires people because I feel like yeah. everyone wants to be creative, but they've they've been chopped down at the knees yeah, their entire I, like, life. So like, they're just like, I, I'm not creative. Like I'm not, I'm not interested. Like I like have had people like reach out to me and like hire me for commissions and stuff. But like, so working with like Tommy Cowan, um, he basically reached out to me and was like, I want you to do this side of the wall. And like he, it was really kind of like great to work with him because he basically was like, I have complete confidence in you. And like anything I had done before that, like there's people that were like, you know, did have like some, you know, um, like, you know, self doubts and, or just doubts about me, like doing their artwork and stuff. And Tommy was basically like, I have like complete confidence in you. He was very transparent. You know, he was very like delivered great constructive criticism. And it was honestly great to work with him because I had never worked with, you know, somebody who, like, it was very, like, reassuring to me that, like, he was, like, just, like, so, and I, like, I told him, I was, like, I have never worked on a 30 by 30 wall before, like, this is the biggest mural I've ever done, and he was, like, that's amazing that, like, I'm, like, your first, like, major mural, like, instead of being, like, oh, I don't know about this now, he was, like, no, that's fucking dope, so, like, I think, you know, that was, very that like instilled a lot of confidence confidence in me to like deliver something that like you know there's nothing like it in Buffalo and I don't think there is I think like and even like the like people in South Buffalo like nobody no, like, came not. up to me and was like oh my god like I can't believe he's allowing this happen like everybody was like this is amazing like we're so happy that this is going up like we needed something like this. Like it just was like really cool to like see all of this like positive reinforcement and just like these people that like were so happy. And it did kind of make me realize like 
this thing that I was doing, like how many people it was going to reach. And I just like thought that that was super cool to like be a part of something like that. And like, work with people like work with somebody like Tommy who was just like you know wanted to see me succeed and like wasn't like oh I don't know and like obviously it's on his building like he would want me to succeed but like he really just was like very confident in my work and very confident in my process and um it was great to work with him because it did kind of instill confidence in me to like pursue other jobs and like you know pursue other murals and like continue doing graffiti art and continue during doing mural art. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the, that piece that <laughs> I asked you to do for me that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying what I asked you to do, but once, once, once I, I already know, cause I've told a couple of buddies, I like sent them the picture. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, Hannah said that she's going to do this for me. Cause she, cause I remember I texted you. I said, if, yeah. I'm like, is this too much detail? And you're like, no. And I'm like, fuck yes. <laughs> I was just like, and, and then when you're like, oh, uh, I, yeah. you're just like, is it cool if I charge you three hundo? And I'm like, three hundo. I'm like, fine by me. Cause if yeah. I was trying to buy that anywhere else, it would be minimum probably like two or three g's and like when <laughs> once that piece gets done uh when you get around to it no rush yeah. um i'm gonna be fucking posting that shit 24 7 and i know like people are gonna be like what the fuck is this and it's just like for what i'm asking you to do it's gonna be yeah. that type of artwork i feel as though is gonna get you even more exposed um which i because people are really gonna have like like when you said you could do it with all that detail, I was a little like taken back. I was like, Oh fuck. Because it's, you don't, you don't come across people every day that have that talent and ability to just look at a picture and yeah. put that exact no, I picture I think, like, also on too, a canvas that, like, that with a fucking like, bristle. A confidence factor. Cause like a lot of the times when I do like start off pieces, I'm like, this isn't going to turn out because like my thing is, is too, is like when I do start pieces, like anything that I start, like I freehand. So I, I guess you could say I freestyle it, whereas like, I don't do sketch it. Like I, I'm not good at sketching. I'm not good at like forming a thought and then like delivering it. So like when I do something, like I look at this blank canvas and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I'm going to be a hundred, I probably might even lose some followers on Instagram, which I don't give a fuck. Cause I'm going to be tagging the Miami art basil. I'll be tagging like New York city art museum. I'll be tagging everything. But, yeah. um, you know, we've been, we've been here talking for fuck almost like an hour and a half now. Um, so, I mean, I'm definitely yeah. going to have you on another episode. Cause I didn't even get to talk about like what you do with sneakers. And I think that's dope because I have a buddy, um, I mean, I haven't talked to him since I went to Hobart, but he moved down to Miami and he does like, yeah. he does something similar, which I'll send you his Instagram uh, when we get off this. Um, and he, he did a pair of, re- he remixed a pair of Air Force Ones that J-Lo and Bad Bunny both wore at one of their concerts and gave him a shout out. So it's like, and he was always working. He was always working on shit when we were in college, like making crazy artwork and everyone, you know, I don't know if people were shitting on it because like I wasn't like super close with this kid. But like it like I feel as though it wasn't appreciated as much as it could be. And now to see him be like, yo, my shit's going to blow up one day. Like, I know it's dope. And then for Bad Bunny and J-Lo to be rocking his stuff at like a concert of theirs. 
like it's yeah, it, I, I and mean, like I to like openly agree. talk about like, how they love his work is just fucking crazy to me. I think a lot of the time like when I'm doing my artwork and like I think you know the stuff that I want to do and I do want like I have been planning an art show um hopefully for the end of August so like I do think like the things that I want to put out there and the things that I want to create and stuff it's you know I don't I know that a lot of people aren't going to like it and it makes a lot of people like feel uncomfortable but like it's like what I do and it's like how I it's the artwork I like to create and I try to like think of things and I try to like I try to like I think a lot of the time when I like create my art I try to think of like what other people would want and that's not what art is about like it's like your own creative mind so like I think like if I can find a way to like deliver that and if people don't like it they're not going to like it and I mean it is what it is not everything is for everybody so that's kind of how I look at things absolutely because I I, and I feel the exact same way because a couple of buddies I have that are in music and in the music industry they tell me all the time like how fucking almost ludicrous and blasphemous it was that Cardi B won the Grammy over Travis Scott's Astro World because the like the beats and the melody in Astro World were like shit that like has never been like done before. Like James Blake um like collabed on that album. John Mayer collabed on that album. Like but again, like when people listen yeah. to music, they're not listen listening from like the artist or creative like ear. And I'm not saying I do. It was just like People that people that like are in music were just like, um, can, you know, I would post about his album. People are like, yo, like, I know you're not into music like that, but like this album is a certified classic just from the production value of it. Not even like the lyrics on the actual songs, which, again, like I think is interesting because like you said, not no, everyone and, is going to fuck with it. I just think um, that like, but it's like that's, also, not, that's not your There's going to be people also, too, that are you know? always going to find something. So it's like you have to do what you have to do something if you're choosing this path like Mm -hmm. to make a career out of something that you love like you have to do it the way that you see like you see fit and I think like a lot of people that try to accommodate and that's when you like kind of like lose your success is because it's like you're trying to appease everybody and it just is like you know meeting new people you're not going to get along with everybody and everybody's not going to get along with you so it just is a part about like being an adult and figuring it out Absolutely. Now to end, um, if you don't have three things, that's fine. Just say whatever comes to mind. If you could go back in time and you could, or not even go back in time, but if you could meet your 18 year old self today, what would you, what would you tell 18 year old Hannah just about like, whether it's life or just like your, what to expect and like experiences um, that you've had. I, I mean, that kind of doesn't even I make think sense, I would but just what would you tell you your 18 year old self? follow every gut feeling that you have and that you don't have to put up with um, all of the bullshit that, you know, people think that you don't have to like, basically like, if you think that you're putting up with bullshit for a reason, stop putting up with it because there's no reason to put yourself through that and, you know, endure something that you don't think you should, or even like a career path that you think like, oh, it's going to get me somewhere and you're un- you're that unhappy. I just think like, I wish I would have had more confidence to cut it off when it needed to be cut off instead of like 
you know, working just because I felt like I had to pay bills and this was what I was supposed to be doing. And this is a position that I got myself in. I love it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't know what else to say besides I love it, but um, <laughs> thank you for coming on and thank you for doing this. I greatly thank appreciate it because me. a lot of people, of course, and I can't wait to have you on yeah. again um, because a lot of people were just like, no, I don't want to do it. So the people that are doing this with me, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, and I can't thank wait to have you, you on again. So thank you.